the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Well, one thing I know for sure, indeed, it is the weekend. Happy weekend to you. Saturday, Sunday is here. Uh, my name is Mark Longori. I'm the Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR. Thank you so much for being with us. As uh, you know, this is the Church of the Week. That's the name of the program, Church of the Week. And uh, we feature a church every single uh, weekend so that you, our audience, can get to know the great and wonderful churches that we have available here in our community in the San Antonio and surrounding uh, uh, cities. And uh, neighborhood. So today we have Pastor Kirk Freeman. He is the uh, pastor over at Crossbridge Community Church, and that's located uh, north of 1604, about five miles on Highway 281, the address being uh, 25700 Overlook Parkway. That's right off of 281. Services are Sunday morning at 9 a.m., again at 11 a.m., and uh, they've got weekly life groups, which we will be talking about here a little bit more in depth. And uh, for information about Crossbridge Community Church, you can uh, call them at 210-496-0157. Again, 496-0158. I'm sorry, that's uh, 496-0158. And the uh, web address is crossbridgecommunitychurch.com. Pastor Kirk, good to have you in studio. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me in. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I want us to, uh, first of all, just get to know a little bit about who it is you are, where are you from, where were you born, what... Are you from San Antonio? I'm not, but I'm a Texas native. My wife and I, we met in the elementary school and have been best friends for 37 years. And wow. uh, we've uh, been in San Antonio for about the last 11 after we started Crossbridge in 2003. Where'd you come from? Well, most recently from the Fort Worth area. I had actually, when I got out of college at Baylor, went to Nashville to write country music. Oh, wow. Had a beard, ponytail. Yeah. Sang in all the places I could, and clearly I was wildly successful because here I am as a pastor <laughs> of a church. But I do have some country music in my background. How about that? Wow! So who are your uh, who are your inspirations? Uh, oh, here? I'm not sure country I should talk music. about that right now. <laughs> my country was clean country. I can oh, so tell you, the country anymore. Well, I do some because it's cleaned itself up a bit. Our, our confession has just opened up. I know it. I didn't know this was. We're not on the air, are we, Mark? No. So uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. One of those things, a fun experience. But then the Lord really. Really did uh, begin to direct my path into a more, uh, just a more significant. I think that was for me. I wasn't in a place of great significance, and mm-hmm. so I left that and uh, went into publishing, the publishing industry uh, up in Nashville and in Dallas for about eleven years. And then ultimately, we felt like God was calling us to go into the pastoral ministry of the church. Awesome. Well, I've had the pleasure of uh, meeting your lovely wife, Debbie. And are you a family man? Do you have children? I am a family man. I'm not going to say anything but that. You know, uh, We have three beautiful daughters. And uh, it's interesting, though we're not from San Antonio, uh, most of my family has moved back to San Antonio or mm. is here now. And so we kind of feel like we're, you know, this is home for us. All right. Well, tell me about that switch. How do, how do you switch from being in Nashville and pursuing your country 
uh, your country future to now doing what you're doing? Well, the uh, it's not hard to get out of country music. I think the need to eat three times a day really that's helps a, you make that fun. decision. Do it, am I? <laughs> is this got a future for me or not? Yeah. Ultimately, though, I went into the Christian publishing industry, and yeah. so um, uh, we were doing books, Bibles, uh, videos, um, all, Veggie Tales, things like that. Um, and uh, over the course of those years, I just I read a book by a guy named. Um, Henry Blackaby called Experiencing God. He was, he was actually one of our authors. I escorted him around. And in his book, he said, you know, the world has yet to see what God can do through one man who's wholly yielded to him. Wow. Now, I didn't think I would be that guy, but I knew I aspired to be that guy. And as I just lived that out, Lord, how can I honor you as the vice president of sales and marketing in this company? Um I just found myself loving people more than I loved business. Mm. And um, uh, Debbie and I prayed for a number of months and and ultimately decided that God was leading us out of the business side, even though there was an enormous amount of ministry to be done there, and into a place of serving through ministering to those men and women that are in business. And, and so ultimately we left. I became the worship pastor at a church. Then ultimately we started Crossbridge. Now, did you always just grow up a Christian? Were your folks Christian? Yeah, they yeah. were. Um, in fact, this is kind of crazy. Um, I didn't, you know, I started out in business, but I'm now the seventh generation in a row of Christian pastors wow. in my family. Yes, something back to 1840. That is awesome. Yeah, so a unique heritage of faithful men and women that I'm the recipient of. And I tell people sometimes, you know, I'm number seven, not just in terms of being a pastor, but in terms of having a legacy of no divorces in their family, uh, faithfulness over the years, raising, teaching their children about Jesus. I'm number seven, so I'm reaping this huge harvest. But I tell people that may not have had that background, I'm number seven, you're number one. You know, you be number one. You start the generational change for your family. Kirk, that is amazing and almost unheard of these days. It's just amazing to, I mean, just to even think about how many lives have been impacted over the decades and decades of of pastoring and ministering, and it's just amazing. Well, and and the neat thing is, it's not that the men and women before me were perfect by any means. What, as I've talked with my parents about it, they simply keep saying yes to God. You know, my mom, they've been, my mom and dad have been married 55 years now. And I said, Mom, tell me what makes a great marriage. And she says, you just keep forgiving. You know, yeah. you just keep forgiving. <laughs> and I think as we, as we do that, there's, there's no promise in the Bible that's not applicable for every child of God. Mm. We just got to keep following. When we fall down, we hit delete, and we move on following Jesus. Yeah. And we can build that kind of legacy. I think my family is just a testimony of God's power. Wow, that's fantastic. So what brings you to San Antonio? At what point did you begin to feel that God was moving you here for this reason? Yeah, well, I was in a church at the time that starts new churches, and I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. And we had an opportunity to meet some people who were interested in starting a a congregation on the north side of town where things were growing and there weren't quite as many churches. We, we talked with them. There were about 27 of us that came together ultimately to start Crossbridge, and we started in a little uh, elementary school, Hardy Oak Elementary. And uh, after about a year, we moved into Reagan High School and had a great relationship with the school district. Uh, for eight years, we were in schools because I hate – I really don't like debt very much at all. Yeah. So we would move 25 tons of equipment in every Sunday and 25 tons out. 
And then about three and a half years ago, we built a building on 25 acres on 281. Now, did you already know when you moved to San Antonio that you were going to be starting a church here? Yes. Yeah, that was the purpose for coming. Yeah, We were actually looking in different cities, Austin, Georgetown, South Fort Worth, Corpus, you know, where would be a good place? And this is where the Lord took us. Wow. Do you know that uh, I have the opportunity the honor, really, to just uh, hang out with pastors all day, every day. They pay me to do that. That's like a prayer request, <laughs> isn't it, Mark? I mean, subtly, that's a prayer request. Right. Uh, you know, but uh, I've learned that um, I would guess, and this is, this is probably just a really good guess, I'd guess that probably about 90, maybe 80 to 90% of the pastors that I meet are not from here. Hmm. God strategically brought them here. So that just kind of gives me a little bit of a glimpse of what God is doing in San Antonio and bringing in all these reinforcements Hmm. for just to continue to unveil his plan, you know, and the plans that he has for this city. So uh, you've been here now how many years? Uh, Eleven. And you were mobile how many? We were mobile for eight. Eight years. Yeah. Love that, too. Yeah. I mean, it kind of raises the bar. Yeah. Because you you have to at least be willing to – to uh, put out the chair that you're going to sit in on Sunday and yeah. put it back on the stack when we're done to come to Carlsberg. Well, I want to dig in a little bit more and talk about that, uh, Kirk, because I know that there are a lot of a lot of small churches, a lot of people that maybe just like your your first day, they're here and they're saying, "Okay, God, where am I going to start?" Or maybe they just started in their in their living room. Or, but a lot of the times we we try to jump the gun, we try to move so fast, and I got to get a building, and mm. you know my congregation now reached fifty, and yeah. we're, we're pushing seventy, and so let me go find a storefront and. And we, I know because I've been down that road, we we put ourselves in this place where our back is up against the wall and we, mm-hmm. are, we have this huge uh, financial obligation that, uh, that you just can't shake off. So t- tell us a little bit more about that because I went down that path and then, thank God, th- he delivered me from right. that and then we went mobile. Um, but talk to us about... Yeah. Why it's important to be mobile and yeah. And well, it. I mean, and God works in so many different ways. Sure. I'll tell you. I think coming out of a business background where I had started a company and um, and some different things, I know I know what it's like. You know, a dollar I held in my hand in the business world, I had to sell ten dollars worth of product to get another dollar like that one. So yeah. before I spent it, I had to make sure I was going to get a return on it. I think the same principle holds true. Um, you know, and when you're administering a, the organization of a church, uh, we decided we didn't need a, we didn't need offices. We've got internet, so um, all of our staff. Until we got our building, all of our staff worked out of their home. And to this day, I don't have an office in the building. Just our administrative guy does, and our missions pastor. But we, uh, a lot of churches, do feel like I've, I've got to have an office to feel like I'm established, or you know, a pastor feels that way. And so if you get overhead like that, and then you feel like you've got to have a lease on a copier, and then you've got to have a storefront, um, there are so many vacant places that I think we can partner with to bless them with money that when they're not bringing in revenue, and they've got parking and yeah. vacant space that we can take advantage of. Uh, it really – and I tell you, every dollar that we don't spend in um, overhead and things like that is money that we put into missions, honestly. I mean, I would say – at least 30 cents out of every dollar goes straight out of Crossbridge. I mean, that comes into Crossbridge, it goes straight out into missions. Right. Um, not talking about the children's ministry or youth, but if you run a tight ship like that, you just free up so much more money. And debt, that just freezes you up. It, it, it makes you not able to say yes to what God's doing. Yeah, you know, we found ourselves in a very similar uh, position. I know that this program is not about me, but just I yeah. think these comments together help someone that might be listening or a few, a few folks that might be listening they are going through that. Um, 
yeah, we ended up moving from a, a facility that we were renting full-time a mile down the road, and our rent went down by 90%. Here we go. Only because we decided, you know what, we're, we're going to be mobile, and, uh, and we'd rather use those funds that are coming in to do outreach. And uh, there's just so many other ways to use those funds that to be paying on this building that at that point for us was sitting empty. Yeah. So hopefully uh, those words uh, between mine and yours help out somebody that might be facing that type of dilemma. So um, tell us a little bit about the culture of the church. You've been at it now for a little bit over a decade now. So mm-hmm. uh, how did how did it all start? Well, uh, you know our 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 idea from the beginning. I'm, that's kind of a broad question, trying to boil it down. I think in terms of the culture of the church, the idea is that the church really is the body of Christ. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so if you read the Gospels and you look at what Jesus did, how he spent his time, who he spent his time with, what he said, how he said it, you begin to go, okay, I get a a picture of Jesus. Well, if the church is the body of Christ, then the church ought to look like Jesus. And so um, it's really probably one of the, the least important numbers that I say that would be important to us would be who sit in the number of people sitting in there on a Sunday morning. I'm, I'm really con- – I'm, I'm aware of that number, but I'm far more conscious about the number of people that are engaged either in missions yes. and living it out in their own uh, sphere of influence for Jesus or that are in our life groups where – and I would call a life group sort of like a spiritual greenhouse. You know, We can't make anybody grow spiritually, but we create environments where if you want to grow closer to Jesus, it doesn't matter whether you've been with him for 50 years or you're just investigating the faith – you can grow. You can take that next step and grow spiritually. Um, so I think part of our culture is that we want to live uh, our lives. We want to spend our resources and invest our resources in the same kind of things that we think Jesus would be doing. Yeah. That's one reason we keep our overhead so low. We, you know, Jesus. He said, "You know, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head." Yeah. I think Jesus is running a frugal, a pretty frugal ministry. It's pretty hardcore. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to face him and say, ah, I know you did that, Jesus, but, you know, I wanted to have this plush place, you know. So um, I think the culture is one of let's take the good news of Jesus and his love to the people that we're around, to the people that don't have it. Let's put our resources in a place where people can hear about the Lord. I think I told you, maybe I alluded to this before we started recording, was that we're very entrepreneurial and so if someone has an idea and they're on with our vision, man, we let them run with that idea. Hmm. Um, our prison ministry started up with a guy who was passionate about that, and now it's got lots of people in it. Same thing with our – we started a nonprofit of child sponsorship um, down in Mexico where our church alone sponsors five, the education of 563 uh, children who otherwise would not be going, going to school. So I think it's entrepreneurial. I think it's Jesus-oriented. Being connected beyond Sunday morning is one of our primary goals You know, in, in one of these life groups. Wow. That's amazing. You've been listening to Pastor uh, Kirk Freeman of Crossbridge Community Church, located uh, about five miles north of 1604 on Highway 281. The address is 25700 Overlook Parkway. And uh, Sunday services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and the weekly life groups. Um, uh, they have weekly life groups as well. The phone number, if you'd like to reach them, is 210-496-0158. And uh, you can also find them online at crossbridgecommunitychurch.com. Uh, Pastor, you were talking to us about your uh, child adoption program and what you're doing in Mexico. How did all that come about? I know that you're very missions-oriented. Yeah. But, well, how did you end up deciding on that particular 
We had linked up with another ministry, which is another one of my core values is if someone's already doing something good, let's join them. We don't have to recreate the wheel. So we had hooked up with a very viable, wonderful home building ministry that was building homes in the floodplain of Reynosa, Mexico. Uh, People will move up from from Central America thinking they're going to find a better life around the border. They don't. They wind up taking plywood and tarps and creating structures that are their homes. No electricity, no running water. So we go in with this organization, and in four days, we build a home, a 250-foot square home, from start to finish in four days. It's a great ministry. So we'd been building that, I mean, hundreds of homes now. But um, ultimately, we thought, you know, what can we do beyond? I mean, home ownership is critically important. Habitat for Humanity showed us that. But what beyond that? And we realized that if kids did not complete their education, that the boys um, seemed to drift towards the cartel, the girls drifted towards pregnancy and in raising kids as teenage moms. And so we said, how could we help that? So in great faith – I'm being facetious. In great faith, my idea was let's hire a person on the ground and we'll try with five children uh, to do a child sponsorship program. We'll make sure we have all our ducks in a row um, because Americans like that, and then we'll maybe roll out a bigger program. So we did exactly that. But right as we were starting it, there was a flood um, in actually heavy rains in Colorado and New Mexico caused the Rio Grande flood. And all the homes that we'd built were now literally either underwater or at least had four feet. I mean, we were wow. floating in boats through the streets. Um, and all the people that we ministered to, about 600 families, were displaced. Wow. And their biggest concern for us is we brought them food and socks and toiletries. They said, School is about to start. We've lost everything. And in Mexico, you have to pay to go to school. These people didn't have property taxes, but they had to pay to go to school. Um, and they said, if our kids don't go to school, they're not going back. Mm. You know, it's kind of now or never. I went back to our congregation and I said, hey, I, it was going to be five kids. We were going to do it really well done. Yeah. But we got hundreds of kids. So we we gathered um, that Sunday maybe thirty or $40,000. And we went down and we began to buy backpacks. I mean, I'm like – it's like you and me, Mark. We go down and we start buying backpacks at a store that we know and, and buying books and supplies and uniforms. We go to the school supply place, get all their stuff. We start going to the schools, getting the information, registering the children. We only have enough money for about oh, 175 kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was kind of like a loaves and fishes kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. It was a flurry of people hearing that the Americans were buying or paying for education. So we were getting tons of people coming in. Yeah. We didn't have money for all of them. And we simply said this. We don't have money for all of you, but we have a God who provides, and we're going to pray. Mm-hmm. And we prayed with him. And I tell you, I'm getting emotional. We, we prayed for these people, and by the time we finished um, enrolling them, somehow 407 kids – had we had receipts for their being enrolled in school wow. we didn't have sponsors for them we got sponsors for them this was 3 year, 4 years ago and now we've you know suddenly we had this huge sponsorship program and it wasn't a place where compassion international or some of these other national groups global groups were were ministering at the time mm-hmm. or even now and um ultimately now we have uh 563 kids that our church sponsors. We take sponsor trips down to meet their kids. I've seen I, I my family has seen our girl maybe four or five times. Yeah. Um still build homes. Now we take doctors down. It's really a a, a very broad ministry now. It's called Escuela Viva mm-hmm. is the the nonprofit and uh 
So that that's a little bit about that. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, <clears throat> we've taken quite a few groups as well down to Mexico and done different things like that and out to Uganda and different places. And, you know, I've learned that I go with a heart to bless people, and I just come back so blessed by them. Yeah. You know, it's just an amazing thing to to see Jesus in them. To, you, know, you go there with a word. You go there with some type of encouragement. You go there with money and resources to help them. And then just to see them just praising and worshiping God in the midst of their lack, in the midst of, you know, just stuff that they go through that we don't have to go through. It's just like, wow, you just come back so, yeah. so impacted. Yeah, and I think, the, I think the challenge, Mark, for us, now we, we try to pick four or five different places mm-hmm. and go deep into them as opposed to just a trip here, a trip there. Yeah. Um, we want to build relationships. And I think the real challenge is how do we as American Christians um, take the fire that comes from being at a, a sh- on a short-term mission trip and somehow keep stoking that fire so that it burns brightly enough so that the people in our sphere of influence back in good old San Antonio actually see Jesus in it, yeah. in us. You know, it's a lot easier to be a Christian in a lower economic um, environment uh, than where you currently live yeah. and with people that you'll likely never see again. Yeah. What we need is that courage and that fire to be Jesus with the people that see us that live down the hall from us, you yeah. know, that we see waiting in the, the school parking lot, right. stuff like that. Uh, tell me a little bit. You mentioned a little bit uh, about global impact before we came on the air. Yeah. Global impact. Is that does, do you kind of use that to try to get the folks to feel what it might be like to or is that some totally? It's, a, it's, it's close to that. Global right. impact is an event we do in the fall. It'll be coming up in November. And I don't care what church you go to. If you've got a teenager <laughs> that you feel has too much suburbia in them, you need to send them the global impact. We try to simulate for our teenagers a third world environment. Um, or some kind of persecution. Now, we're mm. gentle and mindful, and all the parents are on board with this, but we have 25 acres, and so one year um, the kids all had refrigerator boxes, and they had to make a home, and they had to live outside, um, and we, they could always come in if they wanted into the building, but we wanted them to feel what it feels like to be homeless. Mm. Um, another time we wanted them to feel what it might feel like if – your faith isn't culturally acceptable, you know, because there's because we want them to realize that Christians are being persecuted, either overtly or just persecuted in the fact that they're the cultural minority. And so we give our kids that kind of an experience because we want to open their heart um, to living for something greater than just going to college and getting a good job and living out the American dream. In fact, you know, you said um, it's interesting at the very beginning. You said how that um, the Lord has brought pastors from outside into san antonio well my hope is that i'm all for that but my hope is that we'll raise up san antonio natives that take the gospel to san antonio and i think this kind of way of doing it um gets our kids out of thinking that hardship is you know when you've got the iphone 4s instead of the new iphone 6 yeah so we but we got to broaden their perspective i've had that conversation with my son (laughs) send him over (laughs) global impact november 3rd november 3rd so how can they how can we get registered um well you know what and my wife just shook her head november 3rd is not the date but if you call the uh telephone number uh or go to the website and check on our youth events, you'll find out about Global Impact, and all the information will be there. All right. Well, as we're getting ready to close, we've still got a few minutes here, but uh, tell us a little bit more about the church. What can someone experience if they walk into your church uh, Sunday morning, either at 9 or 11 a.m.? Tell yeah. me a little bit about that. Um, if you like music and uh, you love worship music that's powerful, you're going to immediately feel at home. I mean, that's one of our strongest uh, points. I think the other thing is not just a sense of being welcomed, but 
I really want people, and I think people do feel this way, I want them to feel that there's a Father in heaven that actually loves them. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't like it when we, we're carrying guilt. He's not saying, he's not shaking his head condemningly about us. In fact, Jesus himself said in John three seventeen, I didn't come to condemn the world. That's I came right. to save the world. And so we want people to experience that deep love that the Father has for them. Wow, very good. Well, again, we um, want to invite you as a, as a radio station. We're so thankful that you listen in uh, to our, our wonderful teachers that we have on air. But we never want to be the substitute. We never want you to say, well, I'm a Christian and I listen. I get my Bible from either radio and or television or the Internet. And we want you to be part of the local community, the local community church. And so uh, as a radio station, uh, we want to invite you to uh, attend, to go out there and uh, Present yourself to uh, Pastor Kirk Freeman, uh, attend Crossbridge uh, Community Church if you're uh, available uh, this weekend. Uh, if you're not, then ne- there's always next weekend's coming around again. That's 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Crossbridge Church is at uh, 25700 Overlook Parkway at 281, just north of 1604, about five miles. Um, in in a, about a minute or so, you mentioned something about life groups and how important it is to you that... Um, that they go through the life group in order to be a member of the church. Why is that so? Yeah, I think um, as Americans, we're great at isolation and we're great at cherishing our independence. But in the body of Christ, in the church, God wants to glorify himself through community. So we want to help people connect with a group of people who are going after Jesus, studying his word, serving the community, and spurring one another on. So our life groups are a huge part. Um, if you're in a life group, man, you're going to feel like you're in the middle of things, and it's super easy to get involved in one. We make all the steps of connection very obvious. That's great. Well, we want to uh, welcome you to uh, attend the life groups as well. So if, you're, if you are going to church or maybe you haven't been to church in a while, then go out there and be there Sunday morning at 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock and definitely ask about life groups. It's important that we live life together as a community. For more information about um, Crossbridge Community Church, or if you'd like to find out more information regarding the global impact that's coming up in the month of November, you can call uh, their number. Their office number is 210-496-0158. Again, it's 496-0158. And uh, you can also go online at crossbridgecommunitychurch.com. Pastor, it's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for being here. You bet, uh, Mark. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for everything that you and your congregation uh, do. God bless you. I'm Mark Longoria. Thank you for listening here to AM630 KSLR. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.